Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And boom. Okay. Here we go. First podcast of 2020. Happy New Year. Of the year 2020. Happy New Year to you. Yes. To our millions of fans. That's right. Sticking with our theme of yesterday's news in two weeks. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Happy New Year to everyone listening uh, to this, which will be Be a week from now. Like January 10th or something. Yeah. So... But anyways, yeah, no, it's, uh, so 2020 is off to a good start. I've done jiu-jitsu every day this year so far. Have you? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and did New Year's Eve jiu-jitsu you, as well. You so. see how long you can keep that trend going? It's not a conscious trend. It's you just try a happenstance. Just for the hell of it. Yeah, well, Sunday is sounding pretty good. <laughs> having some time to not think about a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, it's been a fucking interesting week. With uh, the the Joe situation and that whole wild card. In oh, my week. yeah. Joe, the electrician. Yeah. The unruly electrician. Oh, my God, dude. It was just, it was funny. I was telling Kiele last night, like, it, it sucks because I feel, it's like I know what's going on 
and yet I can't stop it from still affecting me, which is just like, you know, one, just like this unknown factor. And like, you know, again, so obviously everybody listening to this has no clue what the fuck we're talking about, but I walk into our, uh, my new gym on Monday. I'd gotten all my stuff together, gotten Z together. We were going to go in. I was going to set him up to play. Then I was going to get some work done and, uh, I go in and the freaking there's dudes there working. I have no clue what's going on and the power's out and yeah, it's funny. The guy's like, Oh yeah, if you plan on doing some work, man, you know, you may want to just go to go get lunch and come back later. I'm like, you know, okay. (laughs) So I was, that was whatever. And, uh, but then I noticed that they'd freaking, somebody had walked across my mats, had gotten some freaking dirty footprints across my mats. So I had to reiterate to them, like, man, you can't try to not walk on my mats. You have to not walk on my mats. Like, there is no try with, with this. And, and uh, so they were kind of cool. And I, but I come back that night, and they fucking left a mess. They just left, missed where they had create a little bit of a mess. It was on the other side of the sub wall that they were working on. I finally figured out that it drill in through the top of the sub wall to put in this electrical panel and they were working on the other side. And when they drill in through the top, some of the fucking uh, wood and stuff came out on the other side of the sub wall. And so they didn't clean that up. They didn't see it. They were just like cleaning up on the side they were working on. And so they left a fucking huge mess on the other side. And so I clean that up and I think it's all over. And then I come in Tuesday and yeah, you were with me and, uh, dude, we walk in and again, it's like, wait a minute, what is going on here? They got the back door prop like halfway open, which is, it's freezing. It's freezing outside. Freezing that door, outside. That door closes and opens. Closes and opens. There's no reason to leave no it open. No it reason. In the middle of the winter time. None. None. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I walk in again, and it's like, so, like, I'm just like, dude, this is where, this is my place of business, you know, this is where I do stuff, this is where I train, and, uh, you know, we were meeting people there to train, and it's like, this unknown factor of, like, holy crap, I can walk into this place, and I have no idea what's going on, like, are they going to turn off the power, you know, what is going on here, and, uh, and, yeah, so, like, I go and check, and those motherfuckers are sitting in their truck eating lunch, right, so not only is the back door kind of open, they're in their truck eating lunch, so they're not even like going in and out. There was no reason to just leave the door partly open at all. And so then I go out and uh, I was like, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. I go to open the door and there's a ladder block in the door and I can see them. And old Joe's just sitting in the truck like, well, I'm not getting out and moving that ladder. He like rolls his window down a little bit and he's like, do you need to get out here or something? And I'm just like, dude, what is going on? I'm trying to close the door. And that's when I noticed that they had bent the little uh, bolt. Yeah, a little deadbolt thing. Just a a flimsy little thing, but it had been closed. Obviously, they went to close the door. They bent it, and they didn't fix it. And so then I'm sitting here trying to, like, straighten it out and fix it. And, like, Joe's just sitting there watching me in his truck. And uh, I finally get it fixed so I can close it. And, yeah, and then he comes marching in the front door. Like, oh, you locked us out. And and I'm just like, wait a minute, dude. Time out. Like, you're marching around this place like you own it. Like, what is going on? Like, what are you doing? What's the plan? What's going on? And dude, fucking dude would not. He was just like, he was pissed uh, that 
he, and had, he had to explain himself. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was like he did not want to explain himself, and he's and so anyways, yeah, he ended up sitting there arguing with me for fifteen minutes. Even after I'm like, look, man, like I don't know, like I'm sorry if I came off wrong, right? Like I'm irritated. I'm not mad at you. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on here. I've got no clue. And he just seemed completely incapable of understanding that, like, it's frustrating to own a business and walk in and have somebody there working, have their shit laid out all over your space, acting like it's their own personal workspace, and you having no, like, idea what's going on. So, fucking let that go. And then, uh, yeah, I come in Wednesday and he left my office a giant mess. Or was it Thursday? And it's just like, it was crazy. It was like, I'd leave my place and I would come back the next day and all week long, I'm like, I have no clue what I'm walking into. This is nonsense. And uh, of course, you know, they're supposed to be letting me know before they access the space. And it's just this giant like clusterfuck of people not communicating properly. And I'm trying to be cool, man, but I was no, like... Dude, they yeah, I had to ask you. Like, you literally, at I, I, one point, I finally had to ask you. I was like, I was at the point where I'm like, I don't know what else to say to this guy. He obviously wants me to tell him, like, I don't know. English is not working on him. You know, Rob, will you please help me? It was such a weird scene. <laughs> it, yeah. And so I had to step in and, like, and I didn't tell him anything different than you would No. Exact same words. I, I just reiterated it. I just, yeah, such a... You know, I've thought about this quite more than I should have. <laughs> I know, it was so but, crazy. Because it wouldn't have been like, you know, at the top, the big mistake is the landlord should have told you that there was people coming in. You know, that, yes, that, it's in my lease. Like, right. legally, I can just tell them to fuck right. off and get out of there. You should have been If I don't know they're there, then I, they're not legally there. Right. And so, that's the like the, the first mistake that was made. But if this guy would have been a nice conservative, not conservative in a political sense, but like a conscientious... Sounds some fucking empathy, man. Yeah, a professional and cleaning up after himself. And like, you know, he just... The dude was a dick. Yeah. The dude was a lazy dick. Like, when he's sitting in his truck and he sees you like open up, bump into his ladder, he should have got out and been like, oh, hey, man, I'm sorry. We're here doing this, this, and this. Exactly. Are we in your way? You know, what, what can we do? I'm sorry. You know, oh, oh, you don't know I'm here? Man, I'm sorry. I wish they would have told you. Here's what I have going on. Yeah. Super easy, dude. People just want to know easy. what's going on. Easy. Super easy. But he was just, the dude was an arrogant dick. He was. He, he just, you know, he's an older guy. And, you know, so I'm, let's just assume he's a pretty experienced electrician. So he figures he doesn't have to explain shit to anybody. Oh, no, I'm told to come here to do this job. That's yep. what I'm doing. Yep. My boss and, already told me. Yep. And so the dude, the dude was a dick. He was, he was an old, ignorant, arrogant yeah. dick. And that, you know, and I, I could see that. I'm like, okay. Like, this is what's happening. Dude, you know? yeah. And it, yeah, like, maddening. The more I think about it, the more maddening. Like, if the guy just would have been a professional, it wouldn't have been no big deal. He would have been like, he would have cleaned up after himself the previous days, so you wouldn't have been upset about yeah. that. The door wouldn't have been left open. He would have, he well, would have, yeah, he, he was going to leave my desk, right? He asked me, like, right. do you want me to put your desk back? And it's like, yeah, I Dude, mean, what do you want me to say, man? When you're working on a project like that, man, it's like being on a trail to leave no trace. Yeah. Like, when you get done, no one should be able to tell that you're, no. you were there. It doesn't matter if you have to come back the next right. day. It you doesn't matter. You put shit back. You put it back. And then you move it, and you put it back. And if you have to move it fucking three or four times, then you move it three or four times. But you don't move it once. And just, and just fucking leave the office a shambles and nope. just shit fucked up. 
and just be yeah man no i know and dude it was funny i like so but it was it was like this weird little stress in the back of my head of like you know what am i walking into you know what is going on you know why is this you know and then just that whole interaction with him you know i uh yeah i realized in the moment that's why i had to ask you to step in because he was mistaking my kindness for weakness and he thought that he was in a position to like a yeah, some sort of some power, sort of power yeah. and he just wouldn't drop it he just wouldn't like just let it go yeah and like when he when he's sitting there looking at me he's asking why are you all keyed up why are you all irritated i you know and it was like Wait a second. Wait a minute, man. Like, we've been, you know, I've told you so many times, I'm not mad at you. I'm frustrated because I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure it out. Like, what is so hard to understand about this situation? What do you want me to do? And it's like, it was fucking insane. Like I said, I could not figure out if he's trying to, like, pick a fight. Like, what did he want me to say? Like, what what was the, the end result he was looking for? Because I had apologized if I had come off wrong. I, you know, I had tried to smooth things over. And I think that's when he started to think like, oh, you know, I've got some power in this situation. And, and, and it was like, dude, you're about to find out, like, I'm just being nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not weak. I will tell you to fuck off and get the fuck out of here. Like, so Rob, will you please talk to him before I have to get to that point? It was close to that point. It too. was, man. I was like, like, this I is insane. I could sense it. This is insane. It, it wasn't. It was insanity. And the guy was just a dick. He's, he's very arrogant. And he oh. was just... It was like, dude, you're war- like, I am the customer. How can you sit here and argue with me in front of my kid, in front of my, as far as you know, like Customers another customer or whatever. or whatever, and you're just sitting here like arguing with me and won't drop it and just like be cool and do what you're supposed to do. And then so, oh yeah, yeah. Anyways. It was maddening when you think about it. Oh, it's fucking crazy. Fucking people, man. It, I don't know. I know. Well, the problem is, you know, like I, I talked about this a few episodes ago. That one asshole ran into and making a delivery yeah. one day, and it's the exact. He was the same type of guy. Yep. That he's just he right. act, he acts like that all the time. Yep. And no one ever checks him on it. Yep. And he and so it just builds. It just builds this momentum, and he just he just gets into these habits and these patterns of being a dick. And that and for some reason people are like intimidated <clears throat> or afraid of him or something. Yeah. And I'm like, no, man, you don't get that. People don't like confrontation. Yeah, like he and, bets on that, and, and and that's that's what it is. Yeah, and so and that's exactly what that guy was riding on. Oh was man, like, dude, I, I I was like, man, there's like there's certain people that that situation could have gone really south with, mm-hmm. like the way that he was acting and, and trying to push my buttons. Like if I wasn't committed to being like really cool, like that easily could have gotten ugly like, it's like why why are you pushing why, it like this what is well and that's that's the exact same thing that guy i was talking to was dealing with it's like okay let's extrapolate this out where does this go if you, if you continue to act like this i'm going to explain to you what the end result is and it's not going to be good for you so do you want to continue down this path or do we want to change courses and that's people get away with that shit nowadays yeah. because they don't Get called on it. Oh, yeah. And so they just keep fucking acting like that, man. Like, hey, man, let's back up a little bit. Yeah, I know. be cool with everybody. Yeah. Because you have no idea. Just fucking be cool. Right. But, man, the guy is not cool. No, no, no. So, yeah, I ended up calling his boss and explaining the situation. It's funny. He said, like, oh, well, he said that, you know, he had a little incident with you that you were really upset that, 
you know, you didn't know that they were there, but, you know, your buddy stepped in, smoothed things over, and, you know, everybody left cool, like, you guys shook hands, and everything was cool, and I was like, you know, That's, that's no. kind of one interpretation. That's not what happened, man. I was like... <laughs> that's his interpretation. I was like, I didn't throw the motherfucker out, physically throw him out. That doesn't mean that we were cool. Right. You know, it's just, we, we left without me, like, telling him to fuck off. I mean, and, uh... Yeah, no, but I explained what happened, and he was just like, yeah, that's not not what I'd heard, and not what I expect, not what I want, so, but that's, you know, I, I didn't expect any less, but I had to be the bigger person, you know, and when he's like, you know, I'll talk to him, you know, he's supposed to come back and do some work, you know, is that okay, and I was like, yeah, man, if, if he can act professionally, I have no problem, like, I don't personally have anything against Joe, I don't know that dude, right? right? I don't personally have anything against him. I just want him to act professionally when he's at my space representing your company. And if he can do that, then fine. And then that's when I, you know, walk in and the fucking office is just in shambles. And you could just tell. He just did it out of spite. Oh, out of spite, man. Or, you know, again, I'm judging him, but it's just, it's very coincidental. Yes. If, uh, if that wasn't it. And, uh, dude, even the way that they put the desk back in the corner was just enough to where you're like, dude, you know, now I got to get in here and straighten it out a little bit here and it was just so yeah then I had to call his boss again and you know I just left the message it's funny his boss never called me back I told him I was like dude you need to call me back and let me know what's going on like are you guys coming back like what's the plan you know I can't tell it looks like there's still need to be some work done but I you know again no one's telling me what's going on and either if you are coming back like I don't want that dude coming back in my place. Like, you never heard back from him since that. Never message? heard back from him, man. So again, just acting very unprofessionally. You know what I mean? Like I know this is awkward, and I know you don't want to deal with it, but you don't not call people back, mm-hmm. especially when they've asked you to call them back, and you're dealing with a customer who's had a bad experience with one of your employees. Like, yeah, you'd rather not have that conversation. Mm-hmm. You'd rather just do whatever, and then ho- not, hope it blows over. But not having it isn't going to help. Yeah, that way. but to not like call me back and let me know after I specifically asked them is like, dude, this is bullshit. So. I know, man. I'm like, I don't know. It's one of these things where I'm just like, dude, what do I do? Yeah, what do, right? do? what do I do? Like, do I continue to just like deal with the situation or do I, you know, go to my landlord and say, look, you need to find another electrician. Like, this is bullshit. The way they've handled this, they haven't contacted me. The guy won't return my call. The guy he sends over is totally unprofessional. Like, this is nonsense. Like, I don't have to deal with this. You know what I mean? Like, it's I don't have to deal with people coming in my space that are gonna like do shit like that. Like, I'd have to think I have some sort of rights as the legal occupant of that space. So, anyways, it's 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 so frustrating when other people's fuck ups uh, ends up causing you a major inconvenience, and then it's a it's a problem in your life that you have to sort out that you shouldn't have to sort sort it out. I know. That's the thing. Like, I know that, and I don't want it to affect me. I don't want to have to deal with it. But but you're forced. They forced your hand. You kind of have to. It's like there's a little annoyance in the back of my head, and it's like Jesus Christ, man. I like I hate it. Yeah, it's like. I, I wake up on New Year's and I'm like, dude, I'm thinking about Joe. Like, this is fucking horseshit. <laughs> I, I got to fucking think about that motherfucker and that whole interaction the day before. And I can't. I don't, I don't want to. But it, it's there. But it's like, dude, that was, yeah, I got to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just like continue to have that guy come in there and, and fuck up my space and act like that in front of my customers and, and my kids and stuff. And so I got to do something about it. So... And then it's like, oh, yeah, did I, you know, did I, did I handle that right? Like, what happened? I mean, 
personally, I'll bet he fucking probably got fired. I his. doubt it. Think so? I fucking highly doubt it. Yeah, well. It dep- well, depends on his history. I mean, it, Well, the guy said he was a new hire from the front range. And oh. so, you know, he didn't have a long history with them and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, I can't, I can't believe that that dude, that that was an isolated incident. Like, I, I just, yeah. I can't believe. Dude acts like, he acts like that on a regular basis. Yeah, he, he, like, he's probably used to dealing with, like, over in, like, the front range of Denver area, man, they got new construction going on like crazy. So he's probably used to work in new construction, working in, like, you know, uh, office buildings where the space is unoccupied. So he's not used to dealing with well, and, and then, customers. And then to his defense, so to speak, when they first started working in your space, it wasn't even really your space yet. Do you remember when you went and first showed me the space? Oh, no. Yeah, I've already figured that. Like, yeah. And there was he shit, was used to that being just an open workspace. An open workspace. So they already had shit laying all over. Yeah. And now that it's uh, a finished operating business, they haven't shifted years yet. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, if you're going to interact, if you're going to have face-to-face interaction with customers... Like, that's a different type of employee than someone who's just going to be working right. on, like, who's only going to be dealing with other technicians, other right. uh, contractor, you know, people who are being contracted right. to work on the space. You know, you can act like that towards, you know, not you shouldn't, but, dude, you can't act like that towards a customer. Customers. You can't walk into somebody's house. Or I can imagine that dude walking into somebody's house in the Redlands and acting like that. Like, dude, that is not going to go over well at mm-hmm. all. So, like, yeah, if you didn't, it's like, man, then you need to know you do not send that motherfucker to anything that has to do with dealing with customer interactions, man. Like, he is a fucking wild card that you do not want (laughs) talking to customers. And which is great. He may be a great electrician. I'm sure he is. But his customer relations skills suck. And it's an important part of it, It man. It is an important part of it. That's how I wonder, you know, I got some of my fellow coworkers that... I can only imagine what their interactions with on a regular basis are like with customers. You know what I mean? <laughs> when, when you're just dealing with some loading dock guy, yeah. one thing, but when you're dealing with some other higher end customers or this or that, oh, yeah. I, I can't, I can't even imagine how it transpires. Yeah. And there's quite a few of them that get uh, complaints called in on them all the time. And yeah. So. Yeah, man, it's, it's, I mean, some people are just dicks, you know, and that's the problem. And then it's easy to just be like, oh, everybody's just a dick, so I'm going to be a dick too. Mm -hmm. But it's like, man, you just, uh, what's funny though, actually that that book, uh, Talking With Strangers, Mm -hmm. I I can't, I I finished reading it and like, I can't, I keep juxtaposing like that interaction with that book. And there was just so many things in there, you know, like we're just, just so much miscommunication and, and just people trying to. You know, again, like, I felt like I was trying to consciously uh, work the situation a certain way. And again, like, Joe is, he's, uh, you know, he's falling to all these fallacies, man. You know, like, he thinks that that the way that I'm acting, right, like, one of the fallacies or the the mistakes you make in dealing with strangers is you think that uh, they're transparent, right? So how they're acting on the outside is a true reflection of what's going on on the inside. And, you know, again, just like context, right? Like, man, if me and that dude met outside of that space, like he doesn't understand that, like, this is my workspace. Like the context, the reason I'm reacting the way that I'm reacting is because of the context of what's going on. Like this is my workspace and this is, I've got people here and there's 
you know, and just the complete inability for him to uh, read the situation. And then he decides that how he interprets it and decides to start acting based on that interpretation was completely off. And, you know, it's like, fuck, man. Like, what What do you do? And But that, that was a perfect example. Like, you know, he was misreading that situation completely, picked the wrong way to react to it, and then you, you have this weird, you know, potentially uh, awkward, super awkward situation that uh, took someone else stepping in that he felt like, oh, okay, I got to read on this guy, and so I'll act differently towards him. Which I don't understand. It's weird. Like, as soon as you stepped up and started talking to him, his whole demeanor changed. It changed. Yep. Why? Because it's yeah, so weird. He just decided that I was an asshole and yep. that, you know, he had me in a corner that somehow, like, I was going to get in trouble if he had to leave. Yeah. I, I, I it couldn't weird. tell. It was his whole demeanor changed when I tried to get him. He, like, his answer, he's like, I'm just going to take my tools and leave. And then I was like, dude, wait a minute, man. You're overreacting to this. I just want to know what's going on. Like, he wouldn't tell me. He wouldn't tell me, like, okay, man, here's what we're doing. Here's how long it's going to take. You know, no, we're not turning off your power. Like, he just, it was like, he he wouldn't answer even the simplest questions. And then, you know, it finally got him to fucking answer him. And he just would not. And I, I think that, like I said, like, looking back on him, like, I can't. When I tried to get him, when I was like trying to smooth things over so he wouldn't just take his tools and leave, I think he started thinking like, oh, this guy will get in trouble with his landlord if something happens here. So I can fucking push this situation because he won't tell me to just fuck off and leave because he's going to get in trouble. He needs this worked on and he's going to get in trouble with the landlord if, yeah, I mean, like that's what it seemed. It was weird. It was like. He went from like, I'm getting the fuck out of here to like, oh, oh I got okay. some power here. Yeah, I'll sit here and talk to you, but I'm just going to like, just yeah. keep pushing your buttons and, and acting like a dick. And, and yeah, so, God, that was a fucking weird situation. <laughs> it's so weird. So man. weird, man. Fucking people, man. People are strange. Yeah. People are strange. Man. I don't know. I mean, I told Kiele too, like I, I kept seeing like 22, 23-year-old me uh, working at ISSA, the, the place I got fired from, uh-huh. because again, like I just didn't get that like customer interactions mattered, and you know being a bit of a smart ass dick uh, to people just doesn't do much for you. It doesn't get you anywhere. Like yeah, man, like it, it doesn't matter that I'm helping them, I'm answering their questions, and I'm really smart and really good at what I do. The way that I did it just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and I just would not get it man like I had you know people I had several warnings you know my boss is like man we got complaints about you know blah 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 and and uh and I just you know I just and I honestly did it you know what I mean like I, like it's not like I I really got it but I just was choosing not to do it it was like I really didn't get it I really didn't understand like well wait a minute man I'm doing a like I'm trying the best I can. Like I feel like I'm, you know, doing a really good job at my job, and that's what should matter. And that you know, people are just being sensitive. You know, like I'm not really trying to be a dick. It's just you know they're being sensitive about it. Why are they being so fucking sensitive about things? And and so you don't get it. Like and I just kept pushing it and pushing it, and finally said, 
Actually, what I got fired for was bullshit. But it's like that the pretext, you know, to that. That was just the. They found a reason to fire you. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, if it, they, if, they were kind of if looking all for this it, other shit hadn't piled up, if they probably wouldn't have fired yeah, you over that. No, no, no. I would have just gotten my write up, my warning, said, right. "Look, man, you need to watch what you're saying about you know, freaking whether people are gay or not." And, <laughs> you know, it was again, it was it was just a funny thing. Uh, that, but yeah, if I if I hadn't have had that history of that. You know, just again saying the wrong thing to customers and, and and pissing people off and being, you know, that let my mouth get me in trouble there. Then this thing, which really wasn't like as as big a deal, I wouldn't have gotten fired over. But yeah, I just I could just see it. I was like, oh my god, man! You know, I can just see myself. Like you just don't get it, and and you think that you have some power in this situation when you don't. Like the customer has the power, and. You're just, you're going to lose this battle, brother. You're going to lose this battle. And I'm just, I'm lucky that I learned it eventually. I'm, you know, still got to work on it here and there. But, man, I can't imagine being like fucking 50, 60 years old and still thinking like that's how you can interact with the world and you're going to come out on top somehow. It's like, well, it really goes back to what we talked about in the last episode, you know, about New Year's resolution sucking. And because you should always just be on that path of, improving and reassessing and if you would if you didn't live the lifestyle of always trying to do that you would still be just an older version of 22 year old yeah still operating in the same with the same little blinders on right you know but you you've learned and you've grown and i'm not saying we're perfect by any means we still got plenty of learning and growing to do but you can see you know you when you run into those type of people like very rarely i'm assuming very rarely do they uh, self-assess right you know do you think he's sitting down with one of his buddies talking about this conversation like you know his interaction with you trying to think about what trying he could have done oh, like, better fuck, how could I have handled that better yeah. Yeah. no that guy's drinking a beer going that fucking asshole that guy was such a dick that pretentious fucking dick I bet you he voted for Obama that motherfucker <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> oh, I yeah. totally see sir. I can see, oh I can picture it again I'm <laughs> making assumptions I could be wrong I know but, man I, I say it because I've been there. Yeah. I've been that guy before. Yeah. And so, you know, it is. It's really easy to blame the other people because, It's yeah. easy. It's more comfortable. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Whenever something goes wrong, I always look to blame other people first. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It takes... It's, it's way easier. Yeah. It's never my fault. I know. And again, like, that's the tough thing for me, too, is because I do do that. So, like, I keep looking at the situation and thinking, like, man, what yeah. could I have done? Like, what, you know, and and... I, you know, and the thing is, is like, okay, you know, there's obviously things like maybe I did get mad. I did let my emotions, like I never yelled at him and I never cussed at him, but especially you can, you, at the you beginning, can tell, you could tell you were fired. Up. I was, yeah, I was, you know, my, uh, you could tell. Yeah. I was, uh, I was emotional when I, you know, started talking to him. And so, and that definitely tilted things in a direction. And so, you know, I should have done a better job there. That, that. And locking the door. When you shut it and locked it, that was like a sign. Like if you wouldn't have locked it, if you just would have shut it and they would have been able to come in. Yeah. I think that would have changed the tone a little bit. And then... Yeah. And then... I didn't do that on purpose. just have it. It Well, it wasn't even have it. What it was, I was fixing the fucking bolt. Uh And the bolt, I had to check. Like the bolt wasn't fixed until... 
you could slide it in. And then you slid it in. And I slid it. it in and I fucking left it. And it's like, you that, know. That kind of set the stage a little bit too. Yeah. Oh, that's when he came marching around. Oh, you locked us all. And then, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you were agitated and he was agitated. It's like, oh, here we go. Yeah, 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 <laughs> man. I know. So. And it's funny in retrospect. But it's, it, it, yeah. No, no, no. It is. It's fucking annoying. But it's, uh, again, though, like I do that. I'm not just sitting there going like, because I, I mean. If there's ever a situation where I could probably just sit there and go like, that dude was a fucking dick. I mean, that was it, you know? And, uh, but I can't help but look at it. Okay, what could I have done? What could I have, you know, how could I have handled it better? Oh, I've looked at it because I was the outside guy. For some reason, I was the peacemaker for fucking God knows what reason. And and I've looked at it. And, like, there's obviously there's a few things, you know, you could have done different, but that guy's a dick. No, yeah. He, He was a dick. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, he you, you had every right to be agitated. Again, it goes back, if he was just professional, man, like yeah. clean up after yourself. When you're in there doing a project, when you're done, people shouldn't be able to tell you were there. Yeah. I mean, maybe if something's a little bit out of place, but dude, it should be, you should be going to great lengths. I thought I was losing my mind. I no. was like, am I like asking for too no. much here? Like, dude, this that dude was insane. He was so unprofessional, man. There's no reason for that door to be left open. Like I said, it's yeah. fucking winter time, man. It's winter time. And it's like, freezing. Yeah, close the door. Yeah. It doesn't lock when you close it. Right. You can open and close it. And then for you to be sitting at lunch with it in the middle of, like, dude, in the middle of winter time, you're working at a business inside, and you're taking your lunch, and you're leaving their door open. That's just an asshole. Man, when I make deliveries to places, like, and I got to open up a big bay door, as soon as I get inside, like, if the guy's still on the forklift, I'm over there closing the garage door for him, yeah. trying to save heat. Yeah. We're all, it's better for the world, better for the environment. We're not burning up energy. We're saving heat. Like, oh, this fucking asshole is leaving the door open. Like, come on, man. Yeah, man. I know. They're like, you, they, he's a dick. No, I know. Yeah. He, he needs was. To, he needs to get the shit slapped out of him. He needs to get strangled. <laughs> then he's all funny. Then he's all like, oh, I jump on the mats with you guys, but I'm a bleeder or something like that. And I was like, dude, Rob bleeds and we, you know, I just shove a fucking paper towel up my nose. Yeah, and yeah. It. it was like, I couldn't tell like what his insinuation was, like if he'd like wrestled or if he'd done some training or whatever, but he, he was insinuating on some level that like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm down with what you guys are Dude, are I would, doing I here? Love, hey, buddy, take your work boots oh off. Oh my jump god, on here. man! Yeah, it's like, dude, you're not fucking training because you is, know you get murdered this is right not now. A good, I would love it. Like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, this is perfect. Yeah, dude. Sign this waiver. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would have been that would have been good, but uh, not not no such luck. No, it doesn't usually work out like that. Nope. Anyways, so. man, we just spent thirty minutes talking about fucking Joel the electrician. Oh, it's good. I probably needed it. I'll feel better now. I just needed to. Fucking get that it's off like my a chest. Therapist. Or this kind of ends up being this like is a therapy, therapy session, yeah. man. Yeah, we bitch about people that pissed us off. You had your duty. Yeah. You had to talk about it a few weeks ago, so I got my Joe. So, and you but, hate, dude. Like, man, it's tough when someone agitates you to not let them rent that headspace. You yeah. know you shouldn't. That's what I'm saying. And it's, it's so. Like, it's oh. so. And, it, and then you get. And then you get in this little loop of being mad at yourself for letting them, letting them rent that headspace. And, so, and it just becomes this vicious little yeah. circle. Like, why am I letting this moron piss me off? And then you're pissed off because you're pissed off. And you're just, and you just, you got to get it out somehow. Yeah. So talking about it like this, like, okay. No, for yeah, sure. Yeah. That's why. That's how I was with that, that interaction. I had with that dickhead a few weeks back. They, I think I handled it correctly. If I was to really assess, I probably could have done some things different here and there. But, man, for like a good chunk of that day, like, I was just annoyed. Like, I was already at like a level... Eight of being agitated, like, yeah. 
And I and I would check myself, like, dude, I quit letting that guy piss me off. Forget about it. And I'd be going about my day. Next thing you know, it would just creep into my mind. And I'm like, oh, it's so hard to shake. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's, it's amazing how that, hard that is to shake. Yeah, that's exactly what I was, like, kind of talking about that led into this. was yeah. like, man, I could feel it affecting me because I got this little bit of headspace rented by the situation and then yeah I'm like dude what the fuck why is this happening this is I don't want this to happen and then you got that headspace rented too so it's so agitated oh, so anyways I'm looking forward to getting past that we got uh, got classes starting next week we got Hell three yeah. kids we'll have a fourth one supposed to sign up Monday so we'll have five kids including Z nice and then a couple adults uh, start things off and uh, but up and running up and running, man. Yeah, been doing a few. Well, we did kind of a class on was it Thursday the first? No, uh, Wednesday, right? Well, no, you came in. We I, I we came in the next night. Oh, did you guys on the do first? Yeah, and um, so it was that Thursday night. Yeah, and Louie and Deborah came in, and we kind of did like a class format style, which is uh, yeah, just a little warm up. I got you know I'll uh, I'll have to show you the the list, but you know got the. Two basic warm-ups, you know, one's kind of like the, like, dynamic mobility, uh, and then, like, getting down on the ground and kind of doing, like, stationary stuff, like, you know, hip escapes and just different stuff where you're not uh, moving, right? And then you've got the one where you're, you've got, like, the ones where you're lining up and you're doing, like, crawls and duck walks, and so I kind of categorize it into two, you know, you got your moving ones, and then you got your kind of more stationary warm-up, and then uh, your kind of jujitsu-specific drill, you know, kind of taking the warm up and in, in a little bit more jujitsu specific direction. So, you know, like stepping into the, uh, the freaking knee slide pass position and out, you know, like the footwork drill or something like that. And then, yeah, it's like stand up and then a couple of techniques and then some specific sparring and it's nice. fucking class. I think you should add the reverse shrimp to that warm up. Cause yeah. you do like a like a kind of like a power shrimp. Yeah, yeah. And then you can do like the regular, you know, an old school style elbow knee. But I think a reverse shrimp would be very beneficial. I'll explain it to you yeah. at at, at uh, class today. When Don't we're you kind of do it like so when you're doing the? Cause I do the bottom run where you're using the bottom. So isn't like you know pulling yourself back in? Like isn't that? Yeah, okay, it's part of it. Kind of a but, reverse shrimp. So yes. Okay. It, it, I mean, well, it, I'll see the specifics, but it, I'm just, it, but basically, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think people focus on it at all. Right. I, I think you do because you're mindful and you're and you're doing it and you're setting yourself up for the next shrimp. Yes, yeah. I don't think that's the norm. I right. think people do the shrimp and then they just kind of flop to the next one. They yeah, do the shrimp, they, just they flop roll to the next over. One. Yeah, yep. So if you're mindful, you pull yourself into that reverse shrimp and actually yep. make that a move. Like pull yourself down the map. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is kind of built in, but yeah. Anyways. I yeah. Think, I think it's beneficial. No man, I'm open because I use it. I was using it when Kevin was whooping my ass yesterday to try to get out of fucking side control on the on belly. It's like, oh, reverse shrimp. Oh, reverse shrimp. Yeah. Oh, turtle. Turtle, yeah. No, no yeah, I'm uh, open to suggestion. Just, yeah, so we'll, uh, but yeah, it's a basic class format. The kids are the ones I'm most nervous about. Adults are easy. Adults are easy. Yeah. And kids are too. Like, it's more, like I was saying, like, I, I like working with kids. And what's weird like, I think that it surprises people when they, like, find out. But, like, I really like working with kids. And I really connect with kids in a in an interesting way. Because, like, I'm just a big kid, really. Like, I am. Like, I just I still look at myself. Like, I'm not 44 years old. Like, my mind is still, like, I'm a 20-year-old, you know, kid. I'm just still, you know, having fun. 
and uh, and so like when I interact with kids, like I kind of interact with them on their level. Like I don't talk down to them. I don't know. I've had a few like you know parents and people kind of you know say, oh yeah, I noticed you do this, and you know it really seems to to connect with the kids. And so um, you know like naturally, man, I love working with kids. So I'm not worried about that, right? Like some adults just don't connect with kids, and uh, and, and so then you're you're like worried like oh fuck, it doesn't matter how good a lesson plan I have, like I still got to deal with a, a bunch of kids, and I don't have kids. Um, so it's not that. It's more like I'm saying like I want them to have a good. I want them to get something from it, you know, like I got a good, you know, they're good, yeah, they're, they're getting some good uh, lessons and good jujitsu, and so I almost feel more pressure with them than I do the adults the for adults. some reason, so yeah, man, I want I don't want to fail the kids, like the adults, you know, I won't, they'll fucking figure it out for themselves, but the kids, man, like they're, it's such an important time, and it's such a, they can really help shape uh so moldable that age yeah man impressions and yeah you create the right environment for them and it can have such a huge impact on them not only now but for such a long time we've talked about how martial arts impacted us as kids and so yeah it's uh um anyways man uh now that you say that brings something to mind so i was listening to jocko Oh man, not his podcast. I forget. I think it may have been on like a Tim Ferriss, like Ask Me Anything. It was one of those episodes to where Tim wasn't even on the episode. Yeah. He just collected a bunch of questions, gave them to Jocko, said, Hey, record this and I'm going to post it. Mm-hmm. And somebody had asked uh, about their five year old had just started doing jujitsu and he, had, he was only like a month in or something and the kid wasn't very aggressive. So he, he asked Jocko that question, like, Hey, how do I make him more aggressive? Or Jack was like, hey, man, your kid's five. Yeah. Like, don't try to make him more aggressive. Be thankful that he's not in there bullying kids and just make it enjoyable for him. Yeah. Yeah, make it because, and then Jack even admitted his mistake because they get, he's got a, he's got a few kids. He's got, you know, like two, like two or three daughters and then a son. And he, and he, dude, he was flat out. He's like, man, I made a mistake with my daughters. He's like, I can't, he's like, I turned them off to jujitsu. He's like, I put them in, I started them really early. And I, he's like, I was hard on him. I was pushing him. He's like, I was making him do jiu-jitsu four or five, six days a week. I was making him go compete. And when I would take him to these competitions, I would sign him up for age brackets three or four ages above him. And kids that are 20, 30 pounds heavier than him. And they're getting their asses whooped. And he's like, me, the meathead me, is like, yeah, I'm building their character. He's like, but you guess what? He's like, they're teenagers now and they dislike doing jiu-jitsu. He's like, that's on me. He's like, it's my fault. He's like, I pushed him too hard. He's like, I thought I was doing him good because I could see the end result, the end game, and building character and that resilience. He's like, that's not always what kids need. Yeah. He's like, you got to read the kid. He's like, just make it enjoyable. Make it a lifelong learning thing. He's totally. Like, and so he talked about that for us. That's good. And yeah. And that's exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. No, that's exactly it, man. I'm glad you said that because that actually, like, that, like, like, the way that he put it is exactly what... I'm talking about because a lot of times when like wrestling, like the actual, like, uh, you know, sparring aspect, like, yeah, you, you, we just got done doing the kids tournament and when we were getting ready to do the refereeing and you know, the, the, the quote unquote refs meeting beforehand, you know, Kevin even pointed out and it's how it ended up like, man, what you're going to end up with is one really aggressive kid. And, uh, after about a minute, you're probably just going to stop even keeping score. 
because the more aggressive kid is just going to be running through the other kid. The other kid's going to be trying, but a lot of times, like, you got kids who are really aggressive and they tend to be successful in that aspect of jujitsu. And I mean, that is one of the things that, you, you know, like, because I've, Shiloh is a perfect example. Like, man, I kind of, I didn't want that to happen with her. You know, like, I, I feel lucky that she's 14 now and she doesn't hate jujitsu. Like, she's, she'll still be involved with it. Um, but that was, you know, a, a conscious thing that I had to do because there were times when she didn't want to do it. And the reason is because it just wasn't a good experience for her. And, and it's because she's not an aggressive kid. And so you're getting in there, especially with like when they're kids, like the girls and boys go together. Mm-hmm. And again, like this is, a, um, I remember having this conversation with Kevin at one point, like, man, like you don't know, I don't know, none of us know like what it's like to be a 10 year old girl doing jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kevin pointed out, well, I know what it's like to get my ass kicked. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I understand. But that's not the same thing as being a 10-year-old girl. Like, seeing the world and being that, mo- you know what I mean? Like, we can't even really can't even fathom what no. that's like, man. So just knowing that you know what it's like to take an ass whooping as a dude uh, who got into jiu-jitsu in his 20s is, you know, yeah, you know that people can do it. But that's not justification for why everyone needs to take an ass whooping because that's part of jiu-jitsu, you know, like that. And especially... A really uh, un like I don't want to say unfair, but just you know, like a ten year old boy and a ten year old girl, like that's not the same thing, mm-hmm. man. Like a ten year old boy is experiencing the world much differently than a ten year old girl, especially you know. And so it's uh, the girls do get bigger than the boys, though. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they hit like 12, 13 years old, and man, they start growing, and the boys I haven't, haven't don't hit, haven't hit that real growth spurt yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Shiloh and Jasmine were fucking giants uh-huh. in that older kids group uh, compared to the freaking the, the most of the kids, the boys and stuff. And so, so you know, there there is that. But until that point, you know, like at eight, nine, ten years old, um, you know, it's just it's a different uh, experience, and so. Yeah, it's that is it, man. Like, how do you create an experience where people are, you know, they're learning jujitsu, they're but they're doing it, they're having a positive experience where they're just not always feeling like, dude, I'm just getting my ass kicked, and because uh, yeah, kids just aren't. Like, they're not going to. They're not going to want to keep coming. You can't back. reason. Yeah, adults, you can reason with them. Adults see the world differently. Adults have that, so you can push that more on them as they get older and as they turn into teenagers and adults but man like yeah kids like young kids like five to ten years old like they need a different thing they need something different well i mean you can't gauntlet. yeah you can't just throw them in there and let them get abused by the pack and expect them to be pumped to show up for the pack every day yeah yeah it's really what i mean it's just it's kind of like if you were just to you know, beat your dog every time you, if you every time you walk in the door you kick your dog yeah pretty soon you walk in your door your dog's gonna go hide in the corner it's, it's really yeah. the same mindset yeah you, 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 every day, oh, we're going to class, it's 5.30, and that kid just goes gets throttled every day at yeah. 5.30. Especially they, if they don't feel like they're figuring out how to stop getting throttled. Right. They're going to be like, oh, fuck, man, this sucks. Yeah, if there's not some, that's where, again, we're like having a good curriculum and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing comes in because if you feel like you're you're getting better and you're getting some answers and like, yeah, I'm getting my ass kicked, but I'm getting my ass kicked just a little, a little bit less, less yeah. like that's a totally different thing than showing up 
to class and every time you wrestle you're getting mounted yeah. and you just can't like you can't get the fuck out of there and you spend freaking two minutes with somebody just pinning your wrist down <laughs> and mounting you and you're just like okay this you is know you're a six seven year old kid like trying to figure out what the fuck to do from there like man I ain't gonna take that happening too many times before like jujitsu's not fun yep and, and and man i'm sorry like yes yeah, should kids you know should you be th- like that's the thing you always struggle with and it's like you know yeah you should be able to blah 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 but you know what it, that's not reality so you know there's optimal and then there's reality but you got to optimize reality and ignoring reality because like you know what you think should be happening yeah it's different it's fucking yeah 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 so but anyways yeah that's exactly it man i want to create that's exactly what i'm looking for i want to create a good environment for kids where you know they're they're getting a good experience along the way and feeling like they're improving. And so, yeah, that's good. Yeah. 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 It's no small task either. You know, you gotta be mindful. It'll make me so much better at coaching adults because man, if you can teach a kid to do something like uh, like that, if you can't coach it to a, there there is like the the saying, like you can't coach it to a five-year-old, like you don't really understand it. And, or maybe five, maybe a little older, but somewhere in that age range. And there is something to that. Like if, if you can't explain it to a, a kid in a way that they can execute it, like, do you really understand it? And, uh, so yeah, that's why I've been, you know, like with Z, like I've been, especially like teaching him stuff on his bike. Like when I had to teach him how to do a, a manual, like how to lift his front wheel, I'm like, all right, man, I got to teach a six year old how to do this. Like I can't rely on a bunch of words and a bunch of steps and all these things you can fall back on with adults. And you got to strip it all down to three things, man, and uh, go. So it's uh, that's how you should be like the, that should be the goal, right? With your jujitsu is like stripping it down to that point. So I think that's why they say coaching kids is is good for you. It's, it's not, yeah, it's a little example of that, you know, is I've been trying to get Z to teach my dog to sit because mm-hmm. my dog likes to get Z, likes to jump on him. Yeah, and that, that's obviously not good. And so, but just. You know, like I showed Shiloh how to work with my dog a little bit, you know, make him do sit down and stuff. And, you know, Shiloh's eight years older, so it's, I have that, that wiggle room. Yeah. I can just tell her, like, do this. Well, the way I explained it to her, the way I explained it to Z doesn't translate the same. Right. And so I got to figure, I still haven't figured it out because I've had to, I've tried to, I've had to try and, I've had him try to do it a few times and it never ends well. Like, all right, I gotta figure this out. I got faith I can figure it out. Yeah, Z, a, Z and I will figure it out. There's a combination of words somewhere. There is somewhere. And words and actions, we'll get it. Yes. It's funny, man. Uh, usually I say that in frustration when I'm trying to get him, you know, you'll tell him, like, not to do something. And then he'll, five minutes later, he's doing something that's like a variation of that. Okay, stop doing that. And then there's, a variation of that and it's like dude stop doing that and then I'm like I don't know what combination of words I have to use to get you to understand the big picture of what I'm trying to tell you here man like I'm trying but you're killing me right now but uh oh that's right uh, I came up with a term for him the other day he's a boundary knot a boundary knot yes 
It's like, you know, an astronaut explores space. <laughs> okay. And a psychonaut. So kind, of, so kind of like a boundary knot. Like right. N-A-U-T. Yes, yes. I was thinking not like K-N-O-T. No. Or then I was thinking N-O-T. No, no, no. Boundary knot. knot. Like yes, a, he's an like, explorer of boundaries. <laughs> That's good. Without boundary knots like Z, we would not know where the edges are, <laughs> That's man. Hilarious. So... Anyway, oh, that's my positive spin on when he's just testing the boundaries consistently, just constantly. He gets in these moods sometimes, and it's like, you know, how do we turn the switch off? It's like you have this radar right now that is tuned to what is the exact wrong thing to do. It's not overtly wrong, but is I, I on some level I know I shouldn't be doing this, but nobody specifically told me not to do it before. So, so, so you know, we're gonna do it. It's like, how do you know? It's like. All of a sudden, you got a half dozen of these fucking things lined up in a row that you're doing. <laughs> and it's like, as you go, what is going on? It's like you got this radar turned on. You're just like, ping, 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 ping. ping. <laughs> just like, ah, stop. So, oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. It gets interesting sometimes. <laughs> so, <coughs> I just want to bundle up and go for a walk. Just so bundle up, man. It's cool. Yeah. Speaking of that, it is Colorado winter. It is. But I took your advice, man, and I invested in some quality cold weather gear. It makes it all the difference in the world, man. It makes man. a big difference. It does. Yeah. It's not it makes that it tolerable. Big. Yeah. Yeah. You're not miserable. Yep. Nope. So I appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, cost me and a little bit good, of money. Good winter gear is not cheap. It's not. It's not. But it's an investment. Yeah, it'll last a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, that's the it's, that's how I look at it. So yeah, I'm gonna use get a lot of use out of it. So uh, yeah, I'm up to three smart wool shirts now. Dude, when it comes to base layers, hands down, like I've had a lot of different kinds. Like smart wool are fucking amazing. Yeah, it's almost like we're doing a commercial for them. Unfortunately, we're not sponsored by them. That'd be dope if we were. It would be dope, man. It would be dope. <laughs> I'm guessing we don't have quite the listenership for them to be enticed to sponsor with us. Their nah. business model seems to be working quite well. Yeah. Without Grumpy Guy advertisement. But, uh, yeah, dude. Their gear's good. Yep. No, I like it. And, uh, so, yeah, slowly adding to that collection. And then uh, got my Long John... Smart wool underpants or not? I didn't get the smart wool ones. I just got the regular like merino wool, the REI ones. But still, so, the merino wool is good. Yeah, good material. Yeah, yeah it yeah. keeps you warm. And then if you sweat in it, it doesn't hold that moisture. You still stay warm. It's, yep. Yeah. It's pretty nice. It's pretty amazing what they can do with fabrics. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then that a freaking that jacket that I got that Arctic jacket, like I did not believe that it would be. That warm. that warm it is so light it, you know i'm just like i'm you're used to these big bulky coats and then you get this thing and you're like man this thing is like a fucking like a heavy duty windbreaker yeah you know what i mean it's what it feels like and so you're like there's no way this thing's gonna stand up and uh but yeah it's it keeps you it's warm. impressive man mm-hmm. what they can do with materials these days for sure it's uh it's great adding to our adaptability it's the thing man humans that's what we need to survive is our brains making up shit dude we couldn't survive in this naked no (laughs) you know what I mean like we have to have something like heat you know clothing like just on our own by ourselves I still I always go back to that uh, I think about that uh, line in Sapiens where he said that if you drop one human off in the middle of the jungle you just give him lunch to something out there 
you drop a hundred of them off in the jungle, you've just introduced a new apex predator. Yep. And it's like, yep, that is it. Speaking of that, a little crazy Colorado-ish story. There was three mountain lions that they recently killed uh, because they found them eating human remains. And this, it's losing. This is actually took place. In, <laughs> yeah, this actually took place in in Arizona, but it was in the Colorado National Forest that uh, creeps into Arizona. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, and mountain lions aren't scavengers by nature. You know, they hunt and kill their prey. Yeah, and so they don't know where they got this human body from. Huh. And I guess from what I read in the story, like the park rangers tried to, I don't know to what lengths they went, but they tried to scare these mountain lions off this body. And the mountain lions just didn't give a fuck. They were like, Psh, This is our fucking... This is ours. Huh. And we apparently already killed one or found this. You smell like this thing. We'll come after you next. Yeah. They, uh, they deemed these lions a threat and they killed all three of them. Huh. Which is probably not a bad decision. It's not a bad decision. I don't know all the details of the story, but mountain lions are no joke. No, you don't want to mess around. We got quite a few of them here in Colorado, too. Yeah. So I wanted to share that story. Yeah. But yeah, they don't... They, I, to the best of my knowledge, they don't know where they got these human remains from. Huh. A little creepy. That is creepy. Gonna start checking the missing persons report. See if you can find some teeth. That's like... Yeah. Like, that is just an interesting thing. You can have a fucking body show up and it's like... Eh. <laughs> where did this thing come from? Who knows? Who's this? Anybody hear anything? Yeah. <laughs> That's just that, like in this day and age, still it's uh-huh. like the fucking drones. Yep. You know, we think we're so everything is all under control and we're all knowing and all this shit, and then you got drones flying that no one knows where they're they from. Still haven't figured that one out. Human remains showing up that people are like, eh, don't know where that came from. Yeah. So. I'm gonna start doing this. I think on every episode, is sharing some weird Colorado fact or news story. That's Last good. week was the drone thing. Yeah. This week is the mountain lion. Eating a dead body. Yeah. So that's cool shit that goes on out here. There is, man. There is. I like it here. I was digging it, dude. I was up at Powderhorn hiking up the mountain yesterday, skinning up the mountain and Mm -hmm. skiing down. Dude, it was so pretty, man. So nice. It was a little chilly. Yeah. But, dude, I climbed up. I climbed up a real steep part of the mountain. And, dude, I was on the resort climbing up, right? But the hill I was climbing up, it's a, a steeper, more difficult hill. Dude, I did two laps, climbing all the way to the top and back down and all the way to the top, back down. And I only came across one other skier the entire time. That's crazy. Dude, I know. It's so crazy. Like, the, there was even, the, like, the second time I was up at the top, you know, changing my gear out to ski, ski back down, like, it was dead silent. And I wasn't that far from the lift. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. But there was no, like, it was literally like I was in the middle of the wilderness. Like, it was just quiet. Not another skier or snowboarder came by. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. It's so nice. It was so pretty. Like, blue skies. It was uh, beautiful, man. Yeah, it is nice up there on the Mesa, man. Colorado's such a cool spot. Yeah. Yeah. Grand Valley here is pretty cool. It's a beautiful spot. All that hiking up the mountain didn't bode well for uh, wrestling last night. No. Yeah, and your 11% recovery should go well for today. wrestling today. I'll suck it up. I'll be all right. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. So, uh, actually, I had something. Um, so, there's a bunch of people starting jujitsu this month for the New Year's resolutions and stuff. And so, uh, some advice for white belts 
is always good just material good topic good topic and I'd actually put something together we're an hour in we should probably get to some sort of structured topic huh nah yeah that wasn't exactly it but (laughs) put this together tips for a clean and productive training environment oh look at that so I thought I'd like I'd I'd read it out and get your uh, get your thoughts on it see if you had any other um, advice but so because I think one of the the toughest things about doing jujitsu there's definitely like any other thing there's there's a culture and there's there's just there's things that you do like you know uh, you don't wear shoes on the mat and you don't have bare feet off the mat like that's just part of jujitsu culture that when people come in you don't necessarily know and a lot of times we take it for granted and so uh you know so again that can be one of those awkward things for people coming in to jujitsu is like i don't want to make one of these faux pas uh and um so having something to fall back on again there's a lot of like good resources out there but i just put something together for the people uh coming to train it through to bjj um but that's kind of was the goal like i <clears throat> tell people when they're looking at it because a lot of it seems like common sense but man every problem i've ever run into with a client is because i thought something was common sense and obvious and it wasn't and so like just pointing out what just common sense things just to make sure that we're all on the same page is the helpful. best thing to do yep. helpful it's just, just just easier to do so um, so anyway, so number one was just that, like no shoes on the mat, no bare feet off the mat. And this is why you always see jujitsu people wearing sandals all the time, even in the middle of winter. Uh, it's just, you know, you just get used to wearing sandals because that's the easy transition gear. You slip them off and you're on the mat. Yep. And then put slip them on. back on. Yeah. Especially in the bathroom. Like do not go into the bathroom with bare, bare feet. Like ever. Ever. Yeah. You definitely want to get like. Yeah, you know, called out or some a potentially embarrassing um, thing. Like, don't be that person who walks into the fucking bathroom in bare feet. So that would be number one, I think, for um, advice for any white belts to avoid an embarrassing situation. Um, number two, trim your fingernails and toenails so that you do not accidentally cut your training partners. It's another one we've talked about before. Just, it's amazing. You see people come in and even after they've been training for a few weeks, you know, or months even, and, and you catch them with like, dude, you got fucking talons on, them toes. on your toes yeah. or whatever. Like you've got to keep those things trimmed. And it is, it's for your partner, right? It's one of those things that it's not really for you. Like, you know, odds of you cutting yourself with them or, you know, I probably cut myself with my own toenails or something at some point. But that's not it. It's, it's right. and a lot of jujitsu is learning to take care of your training partners. Like we've, that, that's one of the great things about jujitsu is it teaches you to think of beyond just yourself. You have to think about other people because without training partners, there's no jujitsu. So, um, so yeah, trim your toenails. Uh, next one, since you will be in close quarters with your training partner, be mindful of how you smell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another one we've talked about. It's awkward to talk about, but just some basic things you can do. Make sure you wear a clean gi and rash guard uh, to class. Um, on, on, along with that, be aware when rash guards get just their time is done. Yes. Some of them just get the, you give them a wash and it just takes the smallest amount of sweat to. I always call it the it's funk. the heat activated funk. Yeah. And that is a very common thing for rash guards, especially us guys that sweat a lot. Yeah. That they're just they have a lifeline and it's short. 
Yeah. Like if you train a lot and you sweat a lot, even if that rash guard doesn't have any rips, tears, any threads popping out, there's a time to just burn it. Yeah. And just because there's no coming back. Like yeah. you, you can wash it, you use vinegar, you can put it out in the sun. It smells great when you get done washing it, but as soon as you put it on and then you're drilling, you're just warming up. Like it starts wafting up through your <laughs> knees. It's like, all right, it's time for this to go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, just be aware of that. Uh, make sure you wear deodorant or just keep your body odor under control. So uh, however you choose to do that. But um, don't wear too much cologne or perfume. That's uh, not a way to cover up body odor. That's rough. Yeah. Um, and then coffee breath or similar things. Just have some mints or whatever handy. Um, so any other... Yeah, if you're going to drink coffee on the way to the gym, which yeah. some of us older fellows like to do, Either bring a toothbrush or bring some mouthwash. Throw a little bottle of travel mouthwash in your bag. Just yeah. swish that thing around because get coffee breath when you're breathing on somebody when you're training. That sucks. Yeah. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. So, yeah, just something to be, again, being mindful of your training partner mm-hmm. is where a lot of that comes in. Because your coffee breath doesn't bother you no. so much. But, uh, yeah, your training partner may not enjoy it. Appreciate it as much. Yeah. Um, show up on time for class. If you're late, wait by the side of the mat for the instructor to bring you into class. I think that's a pretty good, uh, just standard piece of advice. I mean, you got. I like that. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You just, just basically, just don't want to disrupt class. Just don't disrupt class. Yeah, like you showing up late and then just jumping in in, in the middle of whatever, and you know, forcing the instructor to have to like switch Adapt gears and, and like, wait, out, okay. Yeah. It's like no, 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 wait for the instructor. If you're late, wait for the instructor to bring you on when he can integrate it, you in class. On that note, show up on time. That doesn't mean class starts at six. You show up at. 559 putting your gi on like right yeah be on the mat ready to go yes at class so yeah. if you it takes you 10 minutes to change you know if you got to wait in line for the bathroom use the bathroom change change into your gi and get on the mat account for 10 minutes yeah get there beforehand yep. put your shit on get on the mat and be ready to go when class starts yeah That's, yeah for sure so and it's easy to you know it is brazilian jiu jitsu so you know there's a little you know, laxity in, in the start time sometimes, but you don't want to... But don't schedule for that. Yeah, that's not... That shouldn't be your habit. No. Yeah. So, um, be mindful of your fellow students who do not create disruptions for them. Uh, this includes silencing your cell phone, you know, emergency situations accepted. I mean, obviously, you got a kid at home sick or something like that, but I, mean, I think that's a big one. It's so fucking annoying when you're in class and, like, someone's demonstrating a technique and all of a sudden, someone's phone goes mm-hmm. off and it's like... No one's really sure who it is because three people have the same ring and so no one's really doing anything and it's like, like you just silence the motherfucker. Silence, just silence your phone. Yeah, man. Just, or, you, you know, we don't, we don't need them. Um, and, you know, talking while the tech, no talking while the technique is being demonstrated and keeping conversation not related to class to a minimum. And, you know, again, like socializing and having friends and stuff, you're going to have that. But it just, it gets distracting if like while the, you know, coach is showing something and, I think for new people, you know, they, uh, I think new people tend to do this um, inherently because they're they're watching, they're learning something new. Sometimes the people who are worse about this, indeed, I'm I'm guilty of it, is the the higher belts mm-hmm. because we've seen this goddamn armbar a few times before, and you know, I want to hear about that thing that you were telling me about before before class. And so, you know, we're sitting there like, oh, like that's, you know, it's distracting, it's annoying. And, and so we should, you know, just try to minimize that. And then just to like, you know, 
if you're supposed to be drilling a technique and you're just sitting there like talking about the fucking football game over the weekend, it's not what we're there for. It's just not a good, it's not a good productive training environment. So, um, so yeah, no, I don't know. No, that, and I mean that, I think that applies more to, it applies to everybody, but once you've been there for a while and you're starting to become a more advanced student, like that just sets the tone and the culture for the class. Yeah. Because you get somebody new, brand new coming in and they see somebody that's been there a year or two and you're over there kind of being a dick. Yeah. They they know like, oh, this is how, <laughs> this is the normal operating procedure. Yes. Yeah. You're setting the tone. You're setting the tone. Like you need to really lead by example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree, man. And, and it is easy, man. As you get into it, you've been, you know, doing it for a while. It's, it's kind of the, uh, you know, the joke, uh, you know, the freaking your old man, you know, slash black belt warm up is you, you know, walk in with a cup of coffee and watch everybody else warm up and then, you know, start kicking everybody's ass. <laughs> and, you know, there's, and I, I don't mind that, right? Like, I, there's a tension between the two. Like, I like that jujitsu has, it's not a super rigid thing. It does have that kind of, you know, laid back vibe to it. But, you know, and I think we've talked about this before, it can go too far where you're just creating a training environment that's not really, you know, productive like it could be for everyone, right? And so, um, so yeah, it's just kind of being mindful of that. And then last thing here, do not train with an open cut or a rash uh, and like something on your skin, skin funk. Um, cover your cuts, protect them from infection and don't expose your training partners to potential infections by having the rash. And if you are in doubt, Ask a coach for advice. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, little weird skin things are going to pop up in jiu-jitsu, you know, like your ringworms, you know, God forbid, staff. You know, that's more serious. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And that shit spreads, dude. Spreads quickly in a jiu-jitsu environment. So, yeah, if you got something questionable, yeah, if you don't feel comfortable asking your coach or training partner about it, go to the goddamn doctor. Right. Don't don't show up on the mat with it. You know, obviously you're probably gonna go to the internet nowadays, Google images of it. Yeah. And then that's just gonna instill you with worry and concern. And then you get so you know, yeah. Hopefully you got some good training partners that you can confide in and be like, Hey man, I got this fucking little red bone. What do you think this is? You know, like ask. Yeah. You know, if you're good a good training partner, if they haven't seen it, they're gonna be like, I don't know, dude, but it looks a little weird. Don't train. Right. Go to the doctor. Yes. Yeah. So. No, that's a that's an important one. Again, like early on, you don't really think much of it, so you show up to class, you got this weird rash thing, and it again, kind of itches. It looks a little weird, dude. I I've seen that so many times with new newer people. You know, they've been training for six months or something, and then uh, yeah, dude. I dude, I remember one instance in particular. And this is several years ago. You know, ten years ago or something. This kid showed up and he had this patch of ringworm on his thigh that was the most gigantic patch of ringworm I had ever seen. And it was nogi, so he's wearing shorts. Oh my god. And he just kind of like covered it with some athletic tape. Because <laughs> I saw some weird, like some weird taping on his legs, some weird athletic tape. I'm like, well, why is it? Why you got your quad, you know, your whole leg taped up, you know? And he's like, ah, and it was just kind of itches or something. I can't remember what he said. And I was like, lift your shorts up. And I saw, I was like, dude, I mean, this is a huge patch of ringworm. Then like, get off the fucking mat. I was like, I'm sorry, man, but that is ringworm. That is spread like crazy. And if I remember right, because I was teaching uh, 
jujitsu over at A Street at the time. And like, I shut class down. I was like, we're cleaning. Like, I kicked that kid off the mat. I was like, sorry, guys. Like, this is because this is a, in the class, half hour in the class. I'm like, we are bleaching. We are mopping. We're, we're done training today because this shit is going to spread like a motherfucker. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. So again, if you, but if you don't, we're so used to it, yeah. you know, we take it for granted. And so, you know, you think that pointing out like, Hey, don't show up and train when you've got a skin funk should seem obvious, but well, it's if not, you're not it's used not to skin funk. Yeah. If you're not used to it, it's, it's a little embarrassing too. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, Nah, don't be embarrassed by it, man. Yeah. Everybody who's wrestled... Everybody. Everybody who's wrestled or done jiu-jitsu for a significant amount of time has gotten ringworm or something. Yep. At one point in time. I hate to say it, but it, dude, it's it's going to happen. Yeah. Because I don't know if people realize, you know, that's part of the reason, one of the many reasons as to why we don't want our shoes on the mat is because, like, I, I believe... I'm not a fucking scientist, obviously. I know you guys are surprised at this, but, like, ringworm can live in, like, dog poop. Mm-hmm. And so if you're out walking around in your yard in your shoes and you have a dog, you could pick up uh, that virus and you go and then you bring it into the gym. You come traipsing around in the gym. You could have, you could have introduced it into the gym. Yeah. And then if you were to step on the mat, see that that's where it is. Like if you, if you're barefoot off the mat and someone traipsed in that ringworm virus on the bottom of their shoes and then you step back on the mat, that's how it comes. Yeah. And it's really easy to do that. So... And a lot of people, you just don't think about that kind of shit nope. until it happens. Yeah. yeah. So it's no big deal if it happens. Yeah. It gets treated super easy. You don't even, if you get ringworm, you don't have to go to the doctor. You just get some athlete's foot cream, tough acting, ten acting, whatever the hell yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, man. It was, uh, I haven't, it's uh, been quite a while, knocking wood since I've had it. Is it fucking, uh, Lamisil. It's funny. It was like, cause it was something, it was AF. It was like Lamisil AF. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Lamisil is fuck, huh? And I was like, oh, antifungal. Antifungal, Okay. Yeah. But my initial, like, the CAF, and yeah. I was like, as fuck, yeah. huh? That's All right. Lamisil is fuck. <laughs> All right, that's what I want. I want the super strength shit. <laughs> so. All right, man. Um, I was poking around on the internet, and there's a, uh, a fitness trend survey that's making its way around I guess they did some like ACSM you know whatever Mm -hmm. uh survey of fitness professionals to see what the hot trends for 2020 were going to be and uh yeah it's nothing exciting it's all uh like wait what I want to I want to guess yes okay this would be even funner number one (laughs) oh man how many did they List how many trends. Well, I guess so. What was the study? They were predicting what's going to be popular in 2020. Yeah, just in 2020, kind of what what's going to be the hot fitness trends. Hmm. I think I'm going to pick two. Okay. I'm going to think it's going to continue down the wearables path. You know, like your smart watches, your that fitness. That was number one. And was it? That was yeah. number one. Those are going to hopefully continue to improve, whatever that mean means, or maybe. And the other one. Hmm. I'm going to guess like at-home training type stuff. Like your Pelotons, you know, because where they have, you know, those Peloton bikes to where they actually have like group classes you take on the monitor. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, download them and just do them offline or you can actually do online with people all over the country. I think that'll be more popular. I think it's pretty popular now, but I think it'll keep going that way. Yeah, I don't remember. It was like, man, it had like 20 fucking things listed. I don't remember. I think that uh, like number two was... High intensity interval training hit 
It's like, dude, that is that like new. I was, it's, it's, it, the thing is, is what I realized is that it's it wasn't new shit. It was it was what is going to be popular in 2020. So like if you know and and some of them like wearables has been in the top five for the last like five years or something yeah. like that. Like you know same thing with hit. And so a lot of these trends, they're uh, I mean I, I guess you could still call them trends, but it seems to be a lot of the same shit. Just kind of what order it is year after year and uh, group fitness was one of them. So I wonder if they kind of, I don't remember like the at-home training thing being in there, but that might be part of the group fitness thing because, you know, like Peloton, that is what it is, is you're you're trying to be part of the group fitness um, thing and then, you know, your, your, your technology side of it. So free weights was one. Free weights would be a trend in 2020. So apparently they had to, strength training was the, the, uh, the thing, but they had to, they realized that was too broad so they had to parse it out into like specific types. So good old free weights. It was funny, man. I was like, this is, uh, there's like nothing here. This is boring as fuck. <laughs> but I'm poking around and I'm like, all of the articles for like fitness trends for 2020, even one on cycling for, for, for bicycling, uh, was, uh, but basically all they did was report on this survey and then say, this is going to be the hot trends. And then they just kind of like juxtaposed them against like their Everything industry. just went back to the same survey. Yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous, man. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was funny. It was, but yeah, it was the, when I realized that it is just a bunch of the same shit every year it, and it's just kind of rearranging it. And then you just realize like, man, there's just not a lot of imagination, um, among your average personal trainer and they're not necessarily supposed to be imaginative you know like you don't want your average trainer out there doing their own thing inventing their own, <laughs> inventing their own thing man it's uh it's there's things show. there's things that work yes stick with them stick with those things so free weights you know the hit stuff does work you know the interval training but uh can be a little overdone at times. Speaking of that, I man climbing up the mountain yesterday. I had my Morpheus heart rate monitor. I only got my heart rate up to like two hundred two yesterday. I wanted to get it up higher, but I mean, I wasn't really like pushing super hard. But you yeah. know, there's definitely sections of it that are challenging. Not yeah. for sure. It'd been higher, but two hundred two was. You know, it's funny the skiing. So you know the 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 hand weights the the. Like when we were kids, man, we were younger. They used to be way more popular. You see people walking, walking around with, with the, the jogging weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they, they, like they kind of like the padded, like yep. the padded dumbbell they had things. The little, they had a little yeah. grip around yep. and they had yep. the weights, right? I mean, you still see people do it, but like at one point, it was pretty popular. It was a new trend. It was yep. a new thing. People were walking around carrying these, you know, heavy hands, or I think is what it was called. Um, but the it's interesting when you look into it. There's a what it's based on was a. A guy who realized that the highest heart rates were being observed in like Nordic skiers and that you didn't see it in cycling and running and he had the insight that it's because well you're using all four limbs when you're skiing and so the whole idea behind the heavy hands thing was to use them and, and it was like it wasn't just walking with them like he had a whole series of of you know, patterns and movements and things that you would do, but it would 
increase your heart rate. So you would go, you know, you'd be using all four limbs. And so you would be getting a bigger cardio workout than you do just walking or running or whatever. So they were made to actually kind of like simulate some of the cardio benefits that you get from like the skiing. Cause that is kind of like when you're skinning up, it's kind of like Nordic skiing. It's, it is cross country yeah, skiing. Cross country I'm just skiing. cross. I'm just yeah doing it up the mountain. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, but those, I mean that produces some of the highest heart rates or like the highest heart rates in athletes. Um, you know, they have like the highest VO two maxes as, uh, as well. I think that's what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't the heart rates. It was who had the highest VO two maxes. That's what he was looking at. And he was surprised to see that it was the Nordic skiers and not the cyclists and the runners. Like you'd probably assume. And that's where I was like, why the fuck is this? And that's where that came from. But apparently man, like it, like it was a legitimate system. Like it did produce good results, but like so many other things it just got bastardized people were like oh i just carry the weights and walk with it and then we see fat ladies walking carrying one pound hand weights doing nothing and then we dismiss the whole thing as like a bullshit fitness trend but like like wait a second it actually was legit man like his concept and his idea was legit and uh it just got bastardized somewhere along just the got way. bastardized along the way yeah what was his name lenny something man there's a whole one That's of my funny. books the purposeful primitive uh, has a story about it. It was written by Marty Gallagher. He's a, he's a old school powerlifter, but he was like a coach for the U.S. powerlifting team when uh, like a lot of like Ed Cohn and um, Kirk. Uh, God, what the fuck is his name? They called him Captain Kirk because his yeah. last name was so fucking interesting. I know, who, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I can picture his Powell name. Powell actually talked about yeah. him on that yeah. podcast. I, I can picture his name. I, I did some losing it. Kirk Kowalski or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, dude, that dude. Have you seen like? I'm sure you've seen pictures of that dude. That dude was a fucking beast, dude. His legs, like he looked. It's crazy. It's hard to describe. Cartoonish. Yes, hard to describe how he looked, and bit, and he looked that way. Because of powerlifting, like mm-hmm. he, he wasn't training as a bodybuilder and he was going out and just crushing like, you know, powerlifting meets, but he looked like a goddamn Greek god <laughs> just come to life and like coming down and was, you know, yeah. But anyway, so he was, uh, coached the team when guys like that were on it. And so anyway, he's a super smart guy, lots of, uh, insights into shit, but he wrote a bunch of articles and stuff over the years. And so that book, Purposeful Primitive is his uh, collection of books or collection of stories and stuff. It's really good. It's a super good book. People haven't checked it out. But uh, anyways, that's why I read about old boy and the heavy hands <laughs> trend. So I would have never guessed that. I can see it. It makes, it's one of those things you say it like, oh yeah, it's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. But if I was just to see some old lady cruising down the street with those things, I never would have connected that to Nordic skiing. Nordic skiing. Yeah, that was their original thought, but yeah, it's just, I mean, it makes sense too. It's just tension, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you have to create uh, more upper body tension when you're skiing than you do when you're running or walking. Right. And so that extra tension is what's creating the extra training effect, the extra cardio effect. Because again, it's not movement, it's tension. And so it's like, yeah, you know, skiing looks like, you know, running, but the tension demands are totally different. And it's a much higher tension sport. Um, and then, and then you're doing it for a long period. It's not just, it's kind of like jujitsu where it's like, dude, it's super high tension for like five minutes, quite a while. Yeah. Five plus minutes. And 
you know, you're, 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 you're maintaining good tension levels for a long time when you're doing that skiing. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that impacts your, uh, like your cardio score, like your HRV. I know I've been long term. I've been, uh, I have to look at my fit cause I wear my Fitbit to bed to track my sleep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then I check my recovery in the morning with Morpheus. I have, I, th- I think my Fitbit tells me my sleeping heart rate. I'd have to look. But I've been better about being still when I do my recovery with the Morpheus. Oh, right on. I, I, me sitting still isn't great. Like I'm not. It's not one of my strong suits. So just sitting. <laughs> I know it's only for a couple minutes, but it's. I struggle, man. <laughs> struggle. <laughs> so I've been really. I've been better. That, you know, because it really got brought to light when I think it was last week or something. You and I were looking at my Morpheus. And you're like, you asked me, like, what's your resting heart rate? I'm like, I don't know. Let's look at it. And, we, and there was days to, like, my resting heart rate was, like, 90. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I think I might have been moving. And so I've been conscious of just, like, laying down. Like, not even sitting. Like, I'll lay down. Mm. And then I'll do it. And when I do that and I'm, I'm good about it, it's uh, low 50s, high 40s. It'll be, like, I'll see 40 at the lowest side. It'll be, like, 47 creep up to like 52 yeah. will kind of be my resting heart rate is where it's been when I when I lay right down because I'll, I'll get my heart rate monitor on I'll hit start to track it and then I'll lay down and relax and once it once it levels out you know because of course I was moving around I got in a position lay down and it gets up to 70 or 80 or something right. and so I let it come back down and then once it starts hovering in the 50s then I'll hit track Yeah. and then I, then I relax uh, yeah. and it, it stays low 50s you know yeah. So we'll see. It's more your uh, like your HRV score. HRV. Yeah, like yeah. that. You know, see where that's at. Yeah, as, as your uh, um, cardio fitness improves, like that should go up, or should like the trend should be more. It should be. I yeah, I'll have to look at that. That stays in the high eighties on the days I'm recovered. Like today, I was eleven percent and just smashed, and I think my HRV was like. Low seventies, like seventy-one yeah. or seventy-two, it fell off significantly, <laughs> which is understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man. So that's uh, yeah, it'll be interesting though, because doing that uh, activity, activity there. Yeah, I think I definitely feel better. Like my cardio, like my resting heart rate, my HRV is definitely steadier during the when I'm the riding season. When mm-hmm. I'm getting out riding my bike. And then it is during the winter when I'm just like doing jujitsu and regular workouts and stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just interesting to, I'll be interested to see how it impacts stuff because it should be doing something for you. So I got to get you into skiing and you got to get me into mountain biking. We got to figure the system out somehow. Yeah. Well, it's easier because I have a bike and stuff. So yeah, yeah. It's both are hard sports to get people into. Fuck yeah, they are. They are not cheap. No, they're cars they're a little so expensive. Both of them are terribly expensive. Yeah, especially if you were like to attempt to get your family involved. Oh yeah, Whew, you have to take out a goddamn loan. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> to get, yeah, man. To get everybody lift tickets and gear and Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, that too. It's I think about mountain biking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like both, it's like it's goddamn, goddamn get your family it. into it. It's like couple grand for each bike and like I know I want to get Shiloh a new bike but it's like they're not they're not cheap mm-hmm. and so it's like yeah but uh and then you got people trying to get you into skiing and shit so. yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> spend your money on this like no 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 so anyways I kind of derailed this nah it's alright man I should probably wrap up here for, here in a few minutes it's almost 10.20 we gotta go to yep. our grumpy guy 
You're running class today. It is. I got a couple new moves. You got going back to your 30-20-10? Yes. We're gonna Not my pussy ass. 20-15-7. Pussy ass bullshit. Bullshit. We're doing 30-20-10. Dude, I got some new moves to show you too, man. Yeah. yeah. New mobility moves? Uh, no. Moves? Uh, well, no. Just training. Strength training. Strength I got training. some new banded isometric moves I want yeah. to show you. Sweet. Yeah. But, um, so anyways, though, I didn't want to like for that, I, I mentioned earlier, I finished that Talking with Strangers book. Oh, yeah. And um, it was super interesting, man. Like, I really, it was... It good was book. Good book. Really insightful. I can see where the podcast and having the audio, the extra audio, would definitely <clears throat> enhance the experience um, for sure. But I wouldn't have gotten through that book in a week mm-hmm. that way. I just don't drive around enough. So, um, but yeah, man, it was really interesting, especially when he made the connection to, like, the policing techniques, and, and how you're basically training people to not default to truth. And so yep. you're, you're basically training the, the police to be kind of antisocial. Like the, we, we default to truth because that's what makes social interactions possible. It makes it easy. And, you know, people that don't default to truth naturally have a harder time. You know, they're the people with the tinfoil hold up in their fucking, you know, they think everything is conspiracy Right, so you don't want to be just the the wide-eyed, naive person who believes everything, right? Fucking and uh, like thinking that when Bikram calls you to his room for a massage, it's like you know, it's like you can't be just totally naive. Hold on, Z. Well, I'll get you here in a second, okay? All right. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> but you know, you can't believe everything is a conspiracy either, right? So, but most of us in general tend to default to truth, but you're training the police to not default to truth, to mm-hmm. think that everyone out there is hiding something and you've got to try to find it and look for it. And what was, it, it struck me as like, you know, again, like I, I've, I've talked about this before, but I had this experience when I was 20 and it really shaped my understanding of like, well, this is how you interact with the police. And then I, I realized like, not everyone ha- had that experience. Not everyone really kind of understood, understands what's going on here. And like, long story short, something very similar to what happened to her happened to me where I got pulled over for no fucking reason. I'm cruising along doing like, you know, like it was, it was a 55 zone. I was doing a little under 60 and a cop car comes fucking speeding up on my ass and so I get over and next thing I know the cop is fucking and pulling me over and I'm like what you know I didn't do anything and so the cops come and they're like you know uh you know I pulled you over and I'm like no man and he was like oh you know is you're speeding and and then you you know uh you, you pulled over without signaling and all this stuff and I'm like man I don't think I was speeding you know, can I see the radar readout? Like, what did you clock me out? And and as soon as I asked him that, he got like That's real, real defensive. And he's like, he goes, do you have any drugs or guns or anything of interest in this car? And I'm like, no. And he's like, do you mind if we search your car? And I'm like, no, you can't search my car. You have no probable cause to search my car. And he goes, get out of the car now. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? And so, like, I get out of the car, and I'm like, this is in Rhode Island, man. And, and like, Rhode Island state police troopers are, like, notorious for uh, just being real hard asses. And at the time, like, pot's illegal there. Like, you could just get thrown in jail for having a fucking stem in your ashtray. You didn't even have to have a fucking pot. If you had any, you know, any paraphernalia that had residue, if you had a stem, if you had seeds. And I happen to have uh, a pipe. 
in some papers in my car. I didn't have any weed, but I, I did. And I'm like, dude, this is fucking insane. But yeah, they pull me out and they basically tell me, if you don't let us search your car, we're going to find a reason to search your car and we're going to take it back, place you under arrest and take it back to the station and rip it apart. And it's like, what the fuck, man? You know, like, okay, what do you say? What do you say? You have nothing. You're, nothing. You're screwed at that point. I'm screwed at that point. So I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, all right. And so they made me sign a piece of paper that said that I am consenting to them searching my car. And they searched my car and I got lucky because, you know, they're looking for fucking pounds of weed or whatever. Like one of the guys said like, oh, you know, your car kind of matched the description of, you know, whatever. It's like, it's a fucking red neon, bro. You know how many <laughs> fucking red neons are on the road? Get the fuck out of here, man. And, uh, but yeah, they found my paraphernalia and, you know, luckily they just like threw it off the side of the road and then they wrote me a fucking speeding ticket and, uh, sent me on my way. And I was just like, dude, this is, that was insane. But like, I realized at that point, the cops, you know, I don't mean, I don't mean to say it be, the cops aren't on your side. They, they don't view, they view, they don't view you as, uh, automatically, you know, not doing something wrong. You know what I mean? So like I learned right there, like you don't call attention to yourself. You do nothing to call attention to yourself on the road because the cops are looking to pull you over. They will use any excuse they can to pull you over and they're not pulling you over for that reason. They are looking for something else. So you do not call attention to yourself. And if you interact with a cop, you are very cool, acquiesce. You give them no reason to get upset and start getting all, you know, power, like challenging their authority. That's what you do. And so I've, you know, that's gotten me through the rest of my life without, you know, getting a whole lot more going on. But you realize like, fuck dude, a lot of people, if you haven't had that experience and you, and you still think that like, no man, you got constitutional rights and protect and serve. Like, you know, those things don't quite mean the same thing in the side of the road when it's just you and them, you know, it's, it's, things get real fuzzy. And if you don't understand that, right? So again, like if you don't understand them and where they're coming from, they're strangers, mm-hmm. right? So like, that was the thing is like, yeah, like, you know, the police misinterpreted me, misinterpreted, you know, Sandra, but, you know, she misinterpreted them. And, you know, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I quickly picked up on like, okay, this is what's going on. And you either fucking go along for the ride or this is going to get way worse real quick. And so if you don't read that situation properly, again, it's like, and there's no, it's, it's hard, right? Like I just happened, it was, uh, you know, you basically, you got, you got lucky. That you yeah. see the writing on the wall. Yeah, I, mean, I could have gotten fucking yeah, right. exactly. But and and I could have made it way worse. You could have been in a bad mood or tired or I something. Guarantee you, yeah. man, if they would have found that fucking pipe after I had given them a bunch of shit and cussed them out and caused a bunch of problems, yep. I'm going to jail. Yep, hundred percent. So it's uh, you can't talk yourself out of a ticket, but you can certainly talk yourself into going to jail. Yep, and that's you know I forget where I heard that from, but that is pretty much the, that's how you interact with police. And if you don't understand that, then you get indignant about shit and all of a sudden things escalate and like they should recognize it. But man, it's a two-way street on some level. But if you don't, again, 
Like I, it was weird reading that, and I, I'm reading. I'm like, like, she didn't get it. Like she doesn't understand how this works. Like if you continue to get tickets, like you're doing things that you know, like yes, it's bullshit. They're pulling you over for not having a brake light. But you should know you brake lights out, and you yeah. should know that if you're driving around with a brake light out, anything, anything. You're, you're giving you're them a reason asking, to pull you over. Yeah. You're asking for it asking on for some it. level, and and so it shouldn't be that way. But that's but that's the way it is. Right, exactly. It's the way it is, and you can either deal with the reality or you can fucking rage against it, and then yeah. you know. So, anyways, it, it was a terrible fucking tragedy. Like the whole thing was just nonsense. But I I kind of felt bad. Like everybody's like wants to demonize that cop, but it's like you one he was doing what he was trained to do. You know, it, it's like it, you know she could have de-escalated the situation at any point too. You know, she could have recognized what was going on and like, okay, I'm going to put the cigarette out. I'm sorry I was getting upset, sir. Here's what's going on. I apologize. What can I do to make this go smoother? You know what I mean? Like she could have done that too, but you know, neither one of them chose to. Neither one of them wanted to budge. Neither one of them budge. And unfortunately, because he was the authority figure, you know, the, the consequences were so much greater for her Right, because she's the one who ends up in jail, and she's the one who ends up eventually killing herself because of all you know the stuff. But you know, and then but then the repercussions, you know, the like this guy's demonized. You know, he's viewed in this you know super negative way, and it's like, dude, again, what was the story of the book? And I kind of like that man, like Malcolm at the end. He did kind of bring it to that, like, man, let's not, you know, that officer was obviously an asshole, but you know, we're judging him based on the same mistakes that he made that led to the situation. So like, we need to be careful of that. Like the real thing here is let's stop teaching our fucking police to police like that. to be antisocial. Yeah. That's the real lesson there. So, all right, we got a Pokemon update and then we got to get rocking. All right, buddy. I was waiting. Sorry, man. It's I was right. right in the middle of the story. I heard the whole thing. Did you? Yeah. Okay. All right. What you got, buddy? So I got, uh, a Mewtwo and Mew GX tag team. And um, instead of words like on the um, bottom left, on the bottom right corner, there's actually a rule. It says tag team, tag team rule. When your tag team is knocked out, your opponent takes three prize cards. Wow. So what are the what's the hit points? Two hundred and seventy. Is it a rare? Mm, yeah, it's actually so rare that it doesn't even show you. What's the attacks? It does perfection, and it it doesn't do any damage. On the bottom of it, it says this Pokemon can use the attacks of any Pokemon GX or. Pokemon EX on your bench or in your discard pile. You're, you still need the. You still need the energy to use each attack. Nice. That sounds pretty handy. And any other attacks? And then there's one called Miraculous Steel. Duo GX, it does 200 damage. Ooh. And perfection is just an agility, and the agilities don't do any damage. Well, that sounds like a good. I and, wish I had that power. And Miraculous Duo GX does 
on the bottom of it, it says, this Pokemon has at least, if this Pokemon has at least one extra energy attached to it, in addition to, to this attack, in addition to this attack's cost, he heal all damage from all of your Pokemon. Also, this says, you can't use more than one GX attack in a game. Mm. And and it's also a basic. Alright, man. Well, we Thanks, gotta get dude. going to class. You got your uh, second class with your new gray and white belt? Yep. Heck yeah. Alright, man. Well, thanks for the Pokemon update. You're welcome. And, and that's the end of the episode right that's there, That's it buddy. right there. Mm -hmm. you, you finished uh, up today's episode. Also, guess what? What? The, uh, the Mewtwo actually looks really annoyed by the Mew. He's he's sitting on a rock, leaning on his hand, and his other hand is on his leg. Cool. And he's like mad-dogging the Mew. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave it That's on that good, one. That's a good place to end right there. Alright, tell everybody bye. 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 See you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. No trace of the tools, shaped in your face, fuck the rules, snooze you lose One eye always open, it times two, no clue, but soon a brief monsoon Might give you a view to choose, stay tuned, include, won't conclude To the end is near beware, there's consequences for what you do To me demon, the devil of many levels, I keep on feeding For several of them rebels, me, myself, he died Myself, he died